the Rangers took advantage of bad defense and great pitching from Jordan Montgomery to win game one of this wild card series. We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering the team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked On Rangers. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, today is Tuesday, October 3rd, and your Rangers are one win away from making it to the ALDS in a series where not a whole lot of people gave them a chance to advance against this 99-win Tampa Bay Rays team. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, the Texas Rangers won 4 to nothing in this one. A beautifully pitched game by Jordan Montgomery. A well enough hit game rangers were just two for 13 worth runners in scoring position but the thing that the rangers did most and did best in this one was play defense this was an incredible game there's not a whole lot of games where you really talk about defense first grant schiller and i did a preview of this series and last in yesterday's show and we talked about the way that the rangers have the edge on the Tampa bay rays team and talked about the the edge this team has on offense we think is is it okay edge not a huge one but we thought the biggest edge would be in defense the rangers have been a very good defensive team with seager and simeon up the middle with josh with josh young's defense at third base with nathaniel lowe's huge defensive improvement at first base and the outfield of evan carter leoli Tavares, and of course adolis garcia in right field this is a darn good defensive team and and jonah heim as well doing some incredible pitch framing in this one, but it didn't take long for Evan Carter, the rookie to announce himself in this one, made a fantastic diving play in left field in the very first inning. He also had two hits, two walks, a double in this one. And of course his first hit off of a left-handed pitcher in the big leagues. Why would it not come in a high leverage spot in the playoffs? This kid is so incredibly impressive. And the defense by the Rangers was very much contrasted by what the Rays were doing. They had four errors in this one and they were very costly errors there was a wild pitch that allowed one of the runs to score there was a throwing error by jose siri in the outfield that allowed two other runners to score now one of them probably would have scored anyway and it just allowed one more run but it allowed what was runners on first and second Corey seager hit a single up the middle and it took a weird hop on siri he played it pretty well with how weird that ball skipped off of him but where he really got in trouble was the throw. And now Jose Siri is one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. Like he just really is. And uh, I don't know much about his arm. I, I know his routes and his speed are elite, absolutely elite. And he also had a misplayed ball that was a Corey Seager double later on in this game that uh, I thought maybe he was going to catch, but he didn't. But on that throw, that throwing error, he threw the ball 
into the stands and Corey Seager on a single ended up at third base. Unfortunately, the Rangers couldn't quite capitalize their hitters, their hitters with runners, runners in scoring position weren't great. There were a couple of missed opportunities with um, Corey Seager on third base and nobody out driving him home to get a fifth run home would have been really nice, would have been even more of a lead for this bullpen. It wouldn't have been a four run game, but Hey, that was enough. I mean, the Rangers got defensive contributions from everybody, from Nathaniel Lowe, a couple of really great plays by Josh Young at third base. And you know he cements his case for a gold glove caliber season from Adoles Garcia, making some great jumps in the outfield, Elioti Tavares, nothing too memorable, but, but Evan Carter making those plays. There was a little bit of a misplay up the middle on a ball that Taylor Wallace hit that ended up, I think it was initially ruled a single. It might've ended up being an error. Uh, Evan Carter was charged in error, actually was not the middle infield was not charged with an error, but just a little bit of a miscommunication between Simeon and Seager, both of them going for a ball didn't end up mattering because Jordan Montgomery also laying his body out on the line, the catch of the year on a bunt popped up by Jose Siri, who is coming off of not playing since I believe the middle of September, he had a broken hand. So he has not played in quite a while and he is just there for his defense. They've had Manuel Margot out there in center field, but Margot also had, I believe surgery on his elbow. His throws have just not been good. His reads have not been good defensively in center field. And there was another play where Siri, did make the play and the Rangers decided not to send the runner. It was the double by Corey Seager. Uh, actually it was, I think it was that, that was the one by Evan Carter. Evan Carter had two doubles in this one. Cause of course he did. Cause of course he did the rookie, the 21 year old rookie who played in what 21 big league games in the regular season comes up huge in his first playoff moment, batting ninth. I don't anticipate him batting ninth, uh, in, in the game two, there was some talk about him hitting third because uh, Robbie Grossman, for some reason, was hitting third in this one, had a pair of strikeouts and um, a one pitch ground out and did have a, a six pitch walk that he worked. That was um, more than Robbie Grossman that you're expecting to see. We did not see Mitch Garver in this one. I think that he might be hurt. I really think that must be the issue um, because Garver is one of the best pitcher, the best hitters in the strangers lineup of facing off and doing damage against high velocity fastballs. And that's what Tyler glass now has. And for Mitch Garver to not be in the lineup today, it, it's a big sign that something is wrong with him. But uh, anyway, Carter doubled and had Heim on first base and you thought they might send him home. It was a, a real 50, 50 play, but it was with two outs and Marcus Simeon was coming up. So Tony Beasley decided to, keep Jonah Heim from going home. It's honestly, it was a really close play, but you had Marcus Simeon coming up. You have one of your two guys that are your stars, your rocks of your team, a guy who was incredible with runners and scoring position this year. And who is one of the hottest bats in all of major league baseball in the month of September and October. Like he was just incredible. He had nine home runs in the month of September and October. I guess it was just September because he didn't homer in the shutout loss on Sunday. But, it makes sense. I'm okay with the throw, the the decision to cut those guys off because the two guys who were making those plays were, you know, Jose Siri in center field. Like I said, normally a really great defensive center fielder and Taylor Walls, the shortstop, who is an exceptional defensive shortstop. Even he had some misplays in this one, got a throwing error on just some really not great scoops at first base by Yanni Diaz, the batting title winner, because he decided to sit on the last day as opposed to Corey Seager, who decided to play because his team had something to play for. I digress. I'm over it. It's fine. Doesn't matter. I don't think that Yachty Diaz, that makes him a better hitter than Corey Seager because, you know, Corey Seager came up huge in this one. A walk, a couple of hits, an RBI, a run scored, a double. Like this offense was doing what it needed to and the defense was doing what it needed to. You don't often say that the defense 
is is the difference between winning and losing. But man, in this one, it really, really felt like it. The offense had some other opportunities with runners on all bases, a bases loaded situation for Leo Tavares and Josh Young. Both of those guys struck out on a combined seven pitches, only one of which was in the zone. Incredibly frustrating. And the one pitch that was in the zone was a hanging curveball that completely missed its spot. And Leo Tavares was just caught off guard. This was right after uh, Tyler Glass now took a liner off the back of his leg. Thankfully, he was okay. He continued to pitch, um, but he just did not have his command after that five walks for him in this one. That is something this offense does incredibly well when they are on their game is they make these pitchers beat them. And even though they were two for 13 with runners in scoring position, did have 13 left on base, which is not great. They made these pitchers work. They made them get into the bullpen um, and they forced Tyler Glass now out of this game, even though there were four errors in this one. The Rangers didn't capitalize on them as much as they could have and I think should have. Somehow there are three earned runs of the four. I feel like that's got to be a mistake because one of those came in on a wild pitch. And I guess um, that that's not, that's not an earned run. And I guess the other ones that scored on the throwing error somehow count as earned runs. I don't entirely get that, but doesn't matter. Rangers took care of business. They got the business from Jordan Montgomery, who was absolutely phenomenal in this one. And the bullpen stepped up as well. We're going to talk about Jordan Montgomery's phenomenal start in this one. But first this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Snap into the NFL action this season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. That is $200 in bonus bets when or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Also, I'm pretty sure the Rangers were plus 2,000, I think, was the odds before these playoffs started to win the World Series. So if you like those odds, or if you like some NFL odds, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be breaking down game two of this series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Rangers are going to have Nathan Eovaldi on the hill. The Rays are uh, going to have somebody different. I was going to say Drew, Drew Rathmussen. That is not the case. Um, but whoever is starting, um, like I forgot just three seconds ago, you can catch every pitch. Zach Eflin, you can catch that pit, every pitch of the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this was a huge game for the Rangers. They started their ace on the hill, Jordan Montgomery, and he was absolutely everything the Rangers could have hoped for in this one. Not just the diving plays, not just that. He was in the strike zone. It was a generous zone, which it feels like the Rangers haven't gotten the benefit of the doubt with the strike zone in months, years, decades. Honestly, <laughs> it's been so long. But for a guy who doesn't have the Tyler Glass now arsenal of stuff. That doesn't mean he's not a good pitch, but he does not have that kind of stuff. He is more pinpoint command, you know, stay in the zone, get swings and misses, get called strikes. And he was just absolutely dealing. If you give him a better zone than average, then, oh my goodness, look out, because this guy is incredibly dangerous. I mean, he's used his four-seamer in, <laughs> an incredible amount. It not didn't use a single sinker. Actually, no, sorry, scratch that. He used it more than his sinker, but 
I was I was looking for a two sinker, but it said sinker, and it just confused me. Um, but this is what Jordan Montgomery does when he is at his best. He threw 93 pitches in this one, 26 forcing fastballs, 24 curveballs, 23 sinkers, 20 changeup, four pitches that he was going with, and he had command of absolutely all of them. He got five swings and misses on the curveball, four swings and misses on the changeup, one swing and miss on the sinker, and he got nine called strikes on that sinker. He was just absolutely painting the corners and just off the corners with that pitch a couple of front door two seamers to right-handed hitters to just sneak back out there and and catch the corner and get a called strike three i mean that is how you know this guy is absolutely feeling it and you know he's not a guy who always goes incredibly deep into games i was tweeting this that you know it kind of reminded me of the game where jordan montgomery his best start for the rangers this year was eight shot innings in the desert against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Rangers were winning one nothing, And the Rangers pulled him with about, I think it was around 90-ish pitches at that point. Um, instead of letting him finish out the complete game shutout, they went to Aroldis Chapman, and Chapman blew the lead, uh, and the Rangers ended up losing. And that was in the middle of their eight-game losing streak. So I was very terrified when I saw Aroldis Chapman warming in this one. But Jordan Montgomery, hat freaking tip to him. Montgomery went, 93 pitches in this one. Like I said, six walks, zero, or sorry, six hits, zero walks, just five strikeouts, but he don't need a bunch of strikeouts. He's going to get a bunch of soft contact. He's going to go make some plays defensively on his own on a bunt by Jose Siri, just diving, laying all out for it with runners on the corners. That was probably the closest that this Rays team got to scoring. The Rangers did not let them score at all. Remember at the beginning of the season when everyone was thinking, hmm, I don't know, the Rangers have a much better offense than the Rangers. It's much deeper. It's much better. I mean, I could look very stupid and the Rays could go off for a bazillion runs tomorrow. And they do still have a very good offense. But I think this Rangers offense is just deeper and just better, just more well-rounded. The Rays offense is, is built on was built on a lot of solo home runs, which in the playoffs – that typically plays, honestly, a lot of solo home runs and a entirely right-handed starting lineup, entirely righties, no lefties for them. And you might remember that first series that the Rangers had in Tampa Bay this year, the Rangers threw two lefties, lefty starters in two out of the three games. And those guys got absolutely rocked by the Rays back in, I believe it was June at, at the Trop. Lefties got absolutely destroyed by this lineup because they are very aggressive with their platoons. And Jordan Montgomery says, I don't give a crap who you throw at me. Throw me a righty. Throw me a lefty. Throw me a switch hitter. Throw me someone who stands in the middle of the plate. Actually, that probably wouldn't be super duper effective um, unless you can be called hit by pitch by just standing on the plate. I think that would be illegal. I think that would just be a strike. Um, but I digress. Jordan Montgomery does not freaking care. He was absolutely nails. And this gate, this game gave me vibes of 2010, the 2010 Texas Rangers ALDS series against the Tampa Bay Rays, where the Rangers won that series. They had a lefty rental ace on the Hill that they, uh, that they traded for at the deadline. It was Cliff Lee. Now he got things done a little differently than Jordan Montgomery, but hey, seven shutout innings from, I believe, both of them in those starts. The Rangers went nuts on the base pass, a stolen base by Leo Tavares, a stolen base by Evan Carter, and Leo Tavares got to third base on a throwing error by the catcher because, of course, he did. Uh, Pinto may, is normally a very great defensive catcher, but th there was just no catching Leo Tavares. The Rangers putting it on this team with their speed. They were forcing these defensive miscues, and even though there were only four errors, 
there could have been more. There was an infield single by Leoy Tavares. Uh, actually, both of Tavares' singles, one of them was hit to the second baseman. That honestly, like me, did did an okay job at it. But Leoy Tavares is just incredibly fast. And then there was one that was hit just past Yanni Diaz at first base. Now a great defensive first baseman would probably make that snag. The ball was hit decently hard, but it was a three sixty ish expected um, or expected batting average on that ball that Leoy is his first hit of the day. So there's just all kinds of other plays that the Rangers just forced this team to make mistakes on. And that is what winning teams do. That is what good teams do. And this Rangers team is good. And I talked about it in a video I did for YouTube um, that was posted about about noon-ish today, talking about why this Rangers bullpen is good enough to win the World Series. And you just I might be saying that, and you as a Rangers fan might be saying, Bryce, you absolute moron. You absolute buffoon. Have you not watched this bullpen all year? Oh, believe me, brothers and sisters and non-binary friends, I have watched this bullpen. I have watched too much of this bullpen. I have been burned badly by this bullpen and by Araldis Chapman. And uh, the thought of him coming into a game uh, with stakes in it, um, we've seen him blow some leads in the playoffs. But hey, on the right conditions, I got to hand it to Araldis Chapman. He's good in the right conditions with rest, not on back-to-back days. If he throws in tomorrow's game, I will lose my freaking mind. I don't care if it's a 12-run lead. I do not want to see Araldis Chapman in the game tomorrow because the man cannot throw on back-to-backs. But when he's got rest and in the eighth inning and not in a safe situation, it is pretty good. And he was pretty darn good in this one. He was getting a bunch of swings and misses, four swings and misses of the 10 swings that were taken against him, a couple of called strikes and a perfect inning of work for Jose Leclerc in the eighth. So you could take Jordan Montgomery out after 93 pitches. Now he's not a guy who throws a whole lot. Jordan Montgomery isn't a guy who throws 100 pitches very often, every single time out. I mean, most times he is right around that 95 pitch mark. And I was, you know, screaming and complaining about, oh my God, please don't put Raul this chat. In, in a high leverage situation, but hey, he did his job and Montgomery did his job. And hopefully this means that Montgomery will be ready for, um, I think on normal rest, it would be game two of the ALDS. If the Rangers get there, Rangers still have two more wins to get. Hopefully Nathan Ivaldi can be amazing tomorrow and uh, the Rangers can just win the first two and not have to worry about who's starting game three. And then you can have Dane Dunning start game one of the ALDS and he'll be on extended rest which will be good because he just pitched on short rest even though it was only four and a third innings on sunday um but you, you really got to worry about your starting pitchers but hey i mean you more have to worry about just getting these wins the rangers got the first one the most difficult one tyler glass now is an incredibly good pitcher the rangers did a great job of making him work he did get through five innings and i was honestly shocked shocked that he came out for that sixth inning and all he did was walk the first two batters and say all right Thank you very much. Uh, that's going to do it for me today. And they had to pull in the bullpen and the Rangers were able to get um, another run in a couple of runs in that sixth inning. Um, so, I mean, they did their job. They absolutely did their job in this one, one game one on to game two tomorrow. Hopefully you don't even have to worry about game three. And then you've got the Baltimore Orioles. It's wild. that The three best teams in the American league are all on the same side of the bracket. And one of them's going to get knocked out in the wild card. And that's a huge bummer. I think all three of these teams in the Tampa Bay Rays, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Texas Rangers are the three best teams in the American League. But for some reason, uh, the Rays who won 99 games, because they don't get to play in the NL Central, they have to be on this side of the bracket and face the number one seed uh, Baltimore Orioles if they beat the Rangers, or the Rangers have to face the number one seed Baltimore Orioles if they beat the Rays. Life's not fair, but hey, if this team's going to win a World Series, and I think it's entirely possible, 
I predicted it on yesterday's show like a darn fool. But hey, it's entirely possible. Rangers won game one of a series that not a lot of people picked them to win. And they were coming in off of some dire circumstances. And I think Bruce Bochy is a massive reason as to why they were able to come out, be completely unscathed in this one and unshaken. And I think he is a huge reason why they might just win the whole freaking thing coming up. We're going to talk about that and a little bit more. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable pants or shorts you will ever get your hands on. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg and give you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit so much better. And, you know, here it is 91 in Texas right now as we are in October. And my Bird Dog shorts have got me feeling incredibly cool going out for a little stroll, a little victory stroll and enjoying the sunlight and the, the heat while it's here. And, you know, when the cold weather comes the bird dogs have you some comfortable long pants i've got myself a pair of those as well they are also incredibly comfortable looking forward to wearing them a whole lot more and not just these incredibly comfortable bird dog shorts but if you want to get yourself a pair of the most comfortable pair of shorts and pants you will ever wear go to birddogs.com slash locked on mlb or enter promo code locked on mlb at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on mlb for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Thursday's show, I'll be talking about either Game 3 or an ALDS preview of a matchup with the Tampa, not the Tampa Bay, with the Baltimore Orioles. You can catch every pitch as the Rangers and Rays square off tomorrow on the Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers team, I mean, my goodness, the mental resilience of this squad is so unbelievably impressive. The highs have been so high this year. The lows have been absolutely crushing. And I think Bruce Bochy has got to be almost the hands-down manager of the year. Now, I know that the Baltimore Orioles manager did a great job of sticking around through the rebuild and, and having a fantastic season, going from 100 losses, Brandon Hyde from, as a manager, to 100 wins as manager. I think that's great, and I think he's a great manager, and I want to take nothing away from him. But I'm pretty sure Bruce Bochy has never won a manager of the year, and this Rangers team was projected by – actually, no, he has won a manager of the year just one time, somehow only one time. He does have three times the World Series that he has manager of the year awards. And I'm hoping this year, after this year, he will only have double the amount of World Series that he has manager of the year awards. Because I'm hoping that he gets a World Series win and a manager of the year win. But Bruce Bochy keeping this team together after the most incredible, depressing, just soul devastating losses from the bullpen. I mean, Grant and I talked about it on yesterday's show. There is nothing more frustrating than a good team with a bad bullpen, and, and that's what this team has been for the most part. And with Jose LeClerc lately, I mean, the Rangers have a closer that they trust. There were some questionable decisions about the playoff roster. I thought they were questionable until I saw that they were due to injuries. Jonathan Hernandez was looking a lot better, and him getting left off this playoff roster was confusing to me, but apparently there is a shoulder injury there. Grant Anderson is going to be on this roster. Matt Bush, who has not pitched major league games since June 3rd. 
or June 30th, I believe it was. And that was with the Brewers. Uh, he is on this roster. I'm more okay with that because Matt Bush has been in these situations before, but Grant Anderson being the call up who hasn't pitched in a major league game since, uh, August 25th. And that was a blow against the twins where he let up a couple of runs, or I think it was three runs in two thirds of an inning. That was a little questionable, but Hey, Jonathan Hernandez is dealing with an injury. You cannot afford to put him on this roster. So you got a couple of guys out there that you can kind of trust. Josh Bores has looked really good in his last two outings since coming off the IL. That was huge. Jose Leclerc has been fantastic. Like I said, or Chapman in the right situation is trustworthy. And Grant Anderson eh, against righties, he can provide some value. Brock Burke, I kind of trust him now that Chris Stratton has had like, I don't know, like a week off after being the most used reliever in all of major league baseball. That has been nice, but not having Ezekiel Duran on this roster was, was kind of frustrating, but it made sense because he's been not great in the month of September or really even August or just this entire second half. It's, it's a bummer because his positional versatility was really, really nice. But I think that having Austin Hedges, especially when it seems like Mitch Garver might be having some nagging injury, which again is kind of the Mitch Garver experience. Thankfully the Rangers missed out on too much of that this year. I mean, they had a month and a half. It was maybe it was closer to two months where Mitch Garver was on the IL, but you thought he was healthy down the stretch. But after he took that foul ball off the knee against Toronto, he has not quite been the same. It's basically been like five bad games. Um, whereas like, Basically, since July 4th, he has been the Raiders' second best hitter, which is insane and, and awesome. And you knew that about Mitch Garver is when he gets hot and gets healthy, um, he is going to possibly carry a lineup. And he really kept this team from falling even further under in August. But again, like I was saying, Bruce Bochy keeping this team's heads on straight after losing three out of four in Seattle, losing the division on the final freaking day in a one nothing, just soul crushing loss. And they had another blown lead by the bullpen or i guess just a blown lead by the bullpen does it technically count as a there wasn't a blown lead it was a blown one nothing 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 game when martin perez came in and, and got the ground ball but couldn't quite get the double play in that game 162 but this team instead of going home it, it's been talked about ad nauseum that instead of going home and they're getting some rest and everybody getting reset or whatever they got to go fly to tampa bay and oh my gosh they're going to be so rattled oh my gosh it was such a long flight and oh my gosh how are they going to come into this game clearly they're so rattled oh my gosh they're so not ready oh my gosh they're so sad that they're not going home what a bunch of bums there's no way they can win anything and so many people predicting like for sure they called it a coin toss series i believe it was the athletic that was mostly calling it a coin toss series and 80 percent of their writers picked the rays i mean the rays are incredibly hurt the rays have sustained the only team i think who has sustained more and more severe and more uh high-end injuries in the rangers i mean they had three incredible starting pitchers that are done for the year like that's a huge blow the rangers have no max scherzer they have no jacob Grom. now i don't think any of the pitchers that the Rays lost were as good as either of those guys. Shame, shame McClanahan's in the, in the conversation for sure, but the amount of position players that were hurt and the bottom of this lineup just, I mean, they, I know they got two hits from, from Taylor walls, um, but like Manuel Margot bunting and Jose Siri bunting like in situations where like you should be swinging the bat. I mean, Siri's got 22 home runs in the regular season. And you look at the bottom of the Rangers lineup, they had Larry Tavares in the seven hole with a multi-hit game. I know he had that really bad at bat with runners um, at all the bases, which means bases loaded. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but he hit 400 in this one with a couple of key hits. Evan Carter was reached base four times in this one, including a couple of doubles and a couple of walks because full count Carter is full count Carter. Evan Carter is batting 1,000. 1,000 in his playoff 
postseason career. I hope that continues for a long time. I mean, the Rangers just got contributions from up and down the lineup. It was Garcia who's got his clutch um, base hit to extend that rally and drove in the or drove the liner off of Tyler Glass now 110 miles an hour off the bat. I mean, he is stinging the baseball. I know he didn't get a home run in this one. I think he might get one tomorrow, and he has been just incredibly red hot these last couple of weeks. I mean, he's got five home runs in his last 14 days and a 11-21 OPS that was heading into this one, the final 12 games of the season. He had those five home runs and three doubles and the 396 on base percentage as well, not just hitting the homer, but having really great at-bats as well. Um, that's what Adoles Garcia is doing. Now, we didn't see quite as good at-bats from Marcus Simeon, and um, we did see a walk from him, and um, we did see him come up and fail to drive in the runs with set runners at second and third and two outs. But, I mean... It happens. He had put together some pretty good at-bats. This offense is incredibly deep and talented. And while I think Josh Young is really struggling since coming off of that injury, I mean, he has just been in a rough, rough way. Here he comes and drives in the first run of the game for the Rangers. I mean, it was a fly out to right field, but hey, it did the job. It got the job done. The Rangers may not have hit very well with runners in scoring position, but they eked out runs how they could, how they needed to. They put pressure on this team defensively. And if you don't think this Rays team is going to be rattled defensively by what they just did the previous day, I mean, maybe they won't. Kevin Cash is a really good manager. And like, these aren't all really bad defensive players. Like, I mean, they've got some decent defenders and Taylor Walls and Jose Siri and in right field, Manuel Margot is, is pretty decent, but Isak Paredes is, is not the best defender at third base. I mean, Randy Rosarena is okay in left field. He'll make some spectacular plays, but he'll also take some circuitous routes. Yanni Diaz, I don't think is a very good defensive first baseman, but he's not horrible. I mean, like they've got some guys out there, but it has to get in your head after all of these misplays, after all of these errors, and after all of that led to so much for the Rangers and just, I mean, if the Rangers hit like 250 with runners in scoring position, as opposed to whatever two divided by 13 is someone do the math for me. Cause I am not mathing live on YouTube because I am bad at math. Um, if they hit 250, as opposed to that, there's a couple of singles, like not even a big massive three run Homer, which would have been super nice and could be super nice. If the Rangers do that tomorrow, um, that would be great if they could get Mitch Garver in there. And healthy, that would also be super great. And if they can get another great performance from Nathan Yavaldi, who is a guy who has come up big in the playoffs. I know his last start out against the Seattle Mariners wasn't great, but his fastball velocity was back. That is what the big difference usually is with Nathan Yavaldi. And it, it was a big part of why he struggled down the stretch. If he is healthy, or at least his fastball velocity and the rest of the velocity of his stuff is back, and the rest, like just the stuff and the spin rate and whatever on the rest of his pitches is back. That guy was the best pitcher in the American League for the first two months of the season. He was the American League pitcher of the month in May. Like he was phenomenal through June until he got hurt. And if he can be right and the Rangers can get these first two games, reset their rotation, and just rely on a starting rotation of Jordan Montgomery and Nathan Ivaldi, Dane Dunning, and fill in the blank for whoever is starting in the fourth game of the series, whether it's a combination of Andrew Heaney, Martin Perez, I mean, this is the dangerous freaking team. And we've talked about how the Rangers, I talked about it on yesterday's show of rest versus rust. Maybe, maybe a Sunday show, but like we've seen this new format, the teams that have five days off. Sometimes that's great, but sometimes it's not. And the Orioles quince the division 
quite a long time ago, and the Rangers could be primed for an upset. The Rangers have a lot of experienced players, whereas the Orioles don't have a lot of guys with playoff experience. They don't have a manager who has been in the playoffs before. They're still a really freaking good team, and I am by no means looking past the final two games against the Rays, but I, I am just a little bit. Thankfully, Bruce Bochy will not have this team looking past the Rays at all in the next two games, or maybe just one game. This was an incredible playoff debut from this team. They can get themselves right. They can use this momentum to move themselves forward. I am so freaking proud of this team for this game one win. And even if they lose the last two, this is a heck of a start to the Bruce Bochy and Chris Young era. I don't think they're done. They don't think they're done. They want more. They are not content with just one win. And I am so excited to see more playoff baseball tomorrow and hopefully a Nathan Eovaldi gem just as good as this one from Jordan Montgomery. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much who joined live. Thank you all so much who listened afterwards for listening. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy Texas Raiders playoff baseball.